This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. at in Stoke this afternoon. Stoke City nil, Bristol City two goals from uh, Mackie Wells and Andres Weiman on 45 and 89 minutes. Made it 100% start for City in all competitions. Two cup wins, two league wins. I'll start with uh, you, Dave Fevs. Uh, in, in summary, before we get into the detail of team selection, etc., a good 90 minutes, better than good, stunning 90 minutes, Dave. Yeah, it was a really professional performance, wasn't it? Where it just looked like we were playing to a plan and that plan worked. And, and I just, you know, it's just nice to go out there away from home and control a game as well. So I think, you know, we've, we've picked up good results on the road up previously under Lee Johnson, but there's not been too many games where we've controlled it. And I thought we we controlled it for large spells of the game. You're never going to completely boss of 90 minutes at this level, but we, we certainly had the lion's share of those good spells today. Really, really impressed. Ian, do you endorse that wholeheartedly? You know, really, really good performance and in-control performance. Yeah, I mean, uh, the point Dave made was a professional performance. Defensively, I thought we were, we were outstanding because, you know, they didn't have a shot on target in 90 minutes. So normally when I'm marking the players, I would give somewhere between a seven and a nine to Dan Bentley. And all he had to do was catch crosses today. And there weren't too many of them. And it's important when you've got a side with big Vokes or uh, Fletcher, as it was in the second half, um, you don't, there's two ways of doing it. You either compete when the cross comes in, which is a little bit risky, uh, or you stop the crosses coming in. And, And we did pretty well. Second half, more crosses came in. And I think, um, second half performance wasn't as good. Uh, I thought uh, Pato and Wells were uh, anonymous, really, for large periods of the game. And I, I know Naki Wells scored a good goal and brought a save out of their keeper early on. Um, but I thought Pato was, was anonymous today. Um, but overall, you, you look at that and say, yeah, very credible professional away performance. And we'll take that every away game from now until the end of the season. Mark, uh, Steve's just said here on the SMS, if you're being honest, would anyone have seen us winning at Stoke and playing well with Viner, Taylor Moore and Backinson all starting, say, as short as three months ago? But Mark, do you agree with that view and your uh, summarised comments on that 90 minutes this afternoon? Yeah, you'd be crazy if if you'd have said that a few months ago. I mean, City were composed, confident and clinical when it mattered. The back three didn't dive in, and with some like Tyreek Backinson in front of them, who looked like a a championship player of five years standing. Apart from the, uh, the, the his first start was today, and he only came on at half time last week against Coventry. He, he looked absolutely fantastic. Yeah, able to you know to to read the game very well, make interceptions, played the ball cleanly, always looking to go forward and 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 uh, pass the ball forward and keep the ball moving, which is the important thing to take the pressure off the defence. But we didn't give any silly fouls away. And that's the that's the big difference. Yeah. But we looked confident from one to eleven, and the shape the shape was great. We lacked uh, composure in the second half. We 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 really 
could have dominated possession a little bit better. And I think that was where what Ian said about Jamie Patterson, perhaps you could have swapped him for for uh, for Casey Palmer. I mean, it look a little bit more offensive. But to take a 2-0 win at Stoke, six points on the board, uh, is, is absolutely fantastic from where we were a couple of months ago and Dean had been appointed and we wondered what the hell was going on. Yeah. OK, um, Ian, you've, you've often been a critic of the uh, uh, Vyman-Patterson uh, midfield with one holding midfielder. We have Backinson in from the uh, starting uh, 11 today, but Vyman and Patterson, um, you know, your thoughts on that? We were expecting Nag, at least one from Nag and Masengo to be in, or certainly Nag. He didn't neither of those featured, even in the 18. I mean, what did... what what? What are your thoughts I, I, on that I thought, starting team I selection? Thought, I thought no Vi- real surprises, were there? No, no surprises at all. Um, and I thought Vyman um, was excellent today. Um, he, he covered, a, a, I mean, he covers a lot of ground all the time, but sometimes you can be running around like a headless chicken and not actually add anything. Today, I thought he intercepted well. He linked up very well with the forwards and... I think that's really important when you're playing this system. I still don't like the two of them in central midfield together because I thought Pato had a real off game today and you'd have been far better off with Naj, um, Joe Morel, even possibly Han Noah in there. But I think once we get everybody yeah. fit, um, I would say that you could see um, Masengo go out on loan because for me... The lad needs games, and since seeing him start, uh, and I remember seeing him come on as a sub against QPR when we won the game 2-0 when a phobie scored, um, I think he's regressed yeah. since then. And um, and let's be honest, if, if you're going to put somebody in as a midfield, we'll call it an enforcer or a holding player, whatever, you don't pick a, a, a Masengo is, is a, a little kid. Now, no. Bakinson's or Backinson's not a, a great deal older, but my God, he's a unit, and you wouldn't want to kick sand in his face, would you? No, you wouldn't. I um, mean, somebody put somebody put a clip on uh, Twitter, the best moment of uh, Terry Backinson. I think it was on the certainly in the second half, and just two players bounced off him. He flattened both of them. He didn't foul them. He just left them lying in a heap on the ground. Let me move on to you, uh, Dave. I mean, up front, uh, Naki Wells, sorry, um, Fam made way for. Chris Martin, who'd come on as a sub in the uh, league game. No real surprise up front. And let's talk about the first goal, uh, Dave. What a brilliant hold-up that was by uh, Martin to set up Wells after a good cross from uh, from uh, and Hunt. Yeah, I was, I was kind of waiting for us to just almost try and wind down to half-time. We were in injury time and Hunt got the ball and I thought, we're just going to go back to the, the centre-backs here. We're going to see this out. And we didn't. He pinged a, a kind of great ball to the back stick where... Martin, with two players around him, kind of got a bit of an inspector gadget uh, leg out and hooked it back across to, uh, to to Wells. And I've got to say, that was a pretty decent finish. That was not easy at all. No, um, no. Uh, you know, it's no, always past, past him and behind him. It's a swivel round. And, and I think that's what, what, what he gets you. I thought today he ran the channels pretty well. There's good spaces down the side of their centre-backs. Didn't always use the ball well when he got it, but I'm kind of coming to that conclusion that in the way we're playing, unless you spring him with an early ball, you're probably going to get a bit frustrated with with his build-up play. And hence, Chris Martin gives you a a bit of compensation there, and that he will hold it up. But he'll come alive in the six-yard box. You know, he he almost scored very early on, didn't he, from the back pass as well? And perhaps he perhaps he should have. But that's that's where he comes alive, and I think that's what we got to expect from him. Yeah, yeah, I think the way the way we play doesn't necessarily suit Naki Wells because he is a fox in the box and I think he would thrive off of crosses in knockdowns and, and we're not really a, a crosses in knockdowns team and, and or, albeit that's how we scored the first goal um, and but but I, I just think that running down the sides and all the rest of it and, and is, he's not going to hold the ball up that well because he's not very big no uh, and you need that physicality to beat off some of these championship centre halves who are normally units, you know, they're normally six foot two, six foot three, 13 and a half stone, and, and they will hurt you. Yeah. Um, 
Mark, let's talk about the uh, display of uh, Alfie Mawson. I mean, he's only been at the club 10 days in forced takeover as captain. Some of the balls he was slinging from one side of the field to the other. And he's got that leadership thing about him that was just what was needed for the youngsters, uh, Viner and uh, Moore, wasn't it? I mean, a sterling display from Mawson in the back, in the central back three. Yeah, he played left, he played left side of a back three. He was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I mean, as soon as the ball was played long by Stoke, he was up. To, uh, he was straight up the, the forwards' backside, winning, winning clean ball, and he can and he can pass the ball like you said. He can pass the ball well, and he can run run four of it. But he, you know, he he doesn't waste anything. But uh, he's not just looking to hack the ball long like uh, maybe Nathan Baker. He, his completed pass mate must, must be high, and, and Dave's a, a stats man. I, I, would you agree, Dave? I'd imagine he's you know. He's probably top of a lot of lists for for passing. He doesn't play short sideways passes. He plays good penetrating passes out yeah. from the back. But his yeah, read his reading of the game is fantastic. And you know, he was made captain today because of Callas' injury, and it looks very safe in his hands. The only worry that we got is where really at the end of our elastic with with central defenders, there isn't anybody really we can bring in. We're gonna to have to go out to the loan market if I yeah. suspected Callas is missing for one or two months. Yeah, no, no. I think uh, I think absolutely right there, Mark. Um, Ian, I'll let you just, talk about. Go just if you come in on that. Yeah, one. You... Sorry, 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 Dave. Um, Mark, sorry, I just talking about. I haven't got today's today's stats, but but certainly if you if you look at it at the time when we were doing our business, look back at Mawson's passing stats last season. Um, they they were really really good, perhaps somewhat expected from from playing from Fulham, but but today and, and I guess on on Wednesday as well. What impresses me about his passing, he's got this really annoying habit of passing it into the path of players. How many times did he knock a ball today to Viner with kind of five yards in front of Viner for Viner to run onto? It kind of Webster used to do that as well, whereas previously our sense back, they knock it five yards behind and you have to check and it allows the opposition to get back. Mawson's passing allows us to keep progressing the ball forward, and that's really important. Yeah, if you look at people inside if you look at weight of pass, which is something people don't mm. talk about as much, what Mawson can do that a lot of players can't is he can ping it. So he's a Tinian, uh, Paul Mortimer, Brunt can do that as well. And that ball along the line for uh, Eliasson the other night, Eliasson thought, must have thought all his birthdays and Christmases had come at yeah. once. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have got a pass like that last season. And I mean not at all. And certainly not from some uh, from somebody more or less just outside our box. So I think he can do it. Um, and his the weight of his passing, when he pings it along the back four, the player gets it, can control it, before he's got a defender in his face. Yeah. And, and exactly that makes can. a world of difference to the, the push, push, push stuff. Backinson is the same for a young man. His weight of pass is absolutely excellent. You know, the, the, it, the, it's a pleasure to receive the pass because you're, you're thinking, well, look, I've got the ball now and, and I, I can think, Wallace coming to me, right, when I get this, I'm going to pass it to him. Not think, oh, God, hang on, I've got to run back three yards and control this and then someone's going to be running their studs down machine. So yeah. I think it, it helps. He, he Having Mawson in there makes Viner and Moore, who – by the way, I thought was uh, excellent today. Yeah. Uh, it makes them far better players. Yeah. Their pathway, they picked him up from uh, Luton Academy. I think they paid about a million for him. He's been out on loan. I think he maybe he's accumulated not far short of 100 league games uh, on loan. A bit like Patrick Vieira in terms of physique. I saw him... Uh, uh, also, there's that Sheffield Wednesday player that used to uh, play for England a few times, a uh, tall lad in the middle. But, uh, Dave, let's have your uh, views of Tyree Backinson. Somebody put on OTIB. Uh, it's, it's like having a new player and a quality new player based on, I know it's only two or three games, you know, the step up even from Marvin Elliott. Would you agree with that? He's, he's come in and done really well, hasn't he? You know, I... I... It is, as you say, early days of him, and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens against a team that, that really pressure him when he's on the ball. But I think he's got that advantage of, of being a strong lad. Um, I think it, one thing he will need to be careful on is just on that first touch, it's being massively critical. Sometimes he's just 
he has his touch. He's a little bit on his heels, and then he kind of has to rush an X pass. But his his, his passing has been been pretty good off the back of that. And I do think he might give some midfielders an opportunity to nip in and, and take the ball off him. But yeah, he's Ian, you, you've cool. just said you've just said uh, texting me said a very different player to uh, Marvin Elliott. Would you just like to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, Marvin Elliott, where he wasn't a holding midfield player. Whose phone's that? I bet I can guess. <laughs> pull it out the wall. Yeah, Sorry about that. Yeah, pull it out the wall. There's a good lad. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> if you've got Elliot, his great talent was breaking up the play in our attacking third. So he'd take the ball off their holding midfield player or their centre backs and turn uh, their build up into our attack. And he'd also get forward and score goals. And I don't see Tyreek. I think he'll get some goals with long shots yeah. or he might get the odd header from a corner or something like that. But I don't see him getting the goals at Marvin. But he's a far better um, defensive, uh, what, what, yeah, a holding midfield player, let's call it that. I mean, I think the kid's got the talent to do anything. And he's, he's I mean, the shot against, uh, was it? Oh, Coventry, was wasn't it? it? Yeah, last was it Coventry or walloped it with his with with the left foot as well? I mean, he absolutely belted it, and that's his swinger. So um, you know, he, I I think he's a very very good player. But let's not play him against Villa. Let's not wear him out. Uh, and while we've got the ability to rotate some very very some very good midfield players. Let's rotate them. There's no point in doing what we've done other seasons and have everybody worn out by the time we get to Christmas. Log them into the ground. Now, I texted you, uh, Dave, midway through the second half and I said we need to make substitutions. Uh, Mark, I'll come to you on this. When he made them, Semenyo, I think, came on first. Uh, and then, but the key one at the same time was uh, Brunt. I mean, just, I think Brunt came on for Pato. Brunt is just the sort of player you want to bring in. He's 35 now, but at that late stage in the game, he can give 100% or more without getting tired. They were good substitutions, weren't they, Mark? Yeah, and I think with, with players like that and Chris Martin, we're going to be a lot more streetwise this season. And I think they were talking in the commentary about uh, City being high uh, on the uh, on the league for, for you know for, for fouls committed. But we look a bit. We looked a bit of a soft touch under Lee Johnson the last few seasons, but not anymore. Until they introduce sin bins, I think you can get away with a few tactical fouls, and we're going to deal with it. But it's about you know seeing out seeing out the game. And with somebody like Chris Brunt, you got a player with ten years Premier League experience, at least with uh, with West Brom, and and an ex international who's played under Michael O'Neill as well. You know, somebody that bring you can bring on like that to steady the ship is fantastic. Uh, yeah. as, as an extra defensive midfield player, but uh, yeah. I think uh, that's going to make us a lot harder to beat this season. That's that's what it's about, and he yeah. can shoot as well. The, I think it was his pass that set up Eliasson. It was, yeah. Ian yeah, mentioned that he, earlier. Yeah. He played it. He played it into space, and Eliasson, yeah, just ran onto it and crossed it for uh, for for KP to finish. But yeah, a lot more streetwise this season. They was going to mess around with Bristol City, probably going back to the days of Aaron Wilbraham. When yeah. he's scraping his studs down the back of a defender's uh, shins, uh, and long may it continue with uh, here as as get the say, uh, in the uh, performance this afternoon. Yeah. They're they're seen as players that would be replaced by well better players or the specialists in their positions, and that's uh, Hunt and Rowe. I mean Hunt and Rowe, sterling performances from both of those this afternoon, really, wasn't it? And uh, Tommy Rowe, I thought he. Total 100% professional gives everything, doesn't he? Yeah, I think Tommy Tommy Rowe is is, is an excellent player. And um, bear in mind that he can also play on the left hand side of midfield. He could play holding midfield. In this season, he's already played on the left of a back three, and we might need that if any of the lads um, get injured, because that's the one area of the squad at the moment where we haven't got any cover. Um, and the news on Calas that I heard was that, yeah, it was far better than we thought it would be. And we're looking at, at weeks, not months. Um, that was the interview before the game. So, you know, hopefully, um, and Dean Holden was asked after the game, are you looking to strengthen in that area? Because you've now got Baker in 
Callas both got injuries, and he, he said he wouldn't rule it out. But, I, but I'm wondering if um, Chris Chris Brunt could also play on the left hand side of a uh, of a back three because uh, he's a big he's a he's a big unit. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, personally, I think we just got. Yeah, I bring one more player in. He's got to be better than what we've already got, and then it means somebody's got to make way for him, even when they get fit. Uh, Dave, if I can say to you, I, I noticed here we had ten shots away, ten shots this afternoon in an away game, four on target. I mean, in the days of Lee Johnson, we don't want to talk about the past, but we we would we'd be lucky if we had ten shots in a run of three games. I mean, what? What has changed and was Dean suppressed under Lee and his sidekick, Jamie McAllister? Yeah, I think, you, you know, I've, I've written quite extensively about Holden Ball in inverted commas over, over the, <laughs> the, 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 last, the last few weeks. And, and it, it won't always get results, you know, I'll, I'll kind of say that now. But for me, it's all about method and purpose. And, and I saw that in, in the games back last season, that actually, you know, we're trying to turn into a more possession-based team. And, and to me, that's been evident in the games this season. As I say, it won't always come up. There'll be problems caused by opposition uh, because, you know, they, they'll be trying to impose their game. But I think what we're seeing is a real um, system that we've been lacking under, under Lee Johnson. And, and once again today, we make substitutions, but we don't change the system. We keep we keep with three five two, and we bring players in there. We might tweak the roles a little bit. Vyman's uh, just changed his position slightly when when um, Brunt came on, and Brunt went more alongside Backinson. But in essence, the system's the same, and all the players know their roles in that. And and that to me is something that we've been crying out for for the last eighteen months at, at least. And and I think we're starting to see some of the benefits of having a a, a single system where where everyone's uh, in sync with it. Yeah. Now we've uh, last couple of games we've given match ratings. I think we gave. I think it was Ian did his. I've probably gone slightly conservative. So if you feel I should go up one, say higher as I run through each one. Okay. So this is right. Bentley seven. Hungry <laughs> Bruce seven. Row seven. Yeah, Viner six. Yeah, I gone seven. No, I I go I go seven for Viner. Okay, more. I go seven. seven for Viner. More seven. More more would be eight. Eight Viner for me would as be well. Seven. Yeah, Agreed. and Mawson. Okay, so I said Mawson. So, well, I went six, seven, seven. I think you guys are seven, eight, eight. I went seven, eight, or maybe yeah, five, same eight. as same yeah. as me. All right, so then across the middle. Um, I'm going to put him up one. I'm going to say Vyman six. Sorry, seven. Vyman seven. Sorry, that was <laughs> that was me there. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, some... I didn't catch Mawson because, it, because as the line went. All right. We, we gave Mawson uh, I, an eight. An eight, I think, overall for Mawson. Yeah. yeah. All right, but oh, Vyman yeah, seven. Nine, Vyman but, seven. So, yeah. 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 Vyman seven. Backinson. I've said eight, but I said earlier, that's probably a bit harsh. We could put him up to a nine. But you know what? Anybody think no, no, no. a nine or eight is fair. Eight, eight for me. Yeah, eight for eight me. Eight for me. Patterson five. Patterson five. Agreed. No, six for me. No, it was it was, it was yeah. anonymous. Very anonymous. I, I I think this is one where Patterson didn't get on the ball as much today. But there were a couple of instances where the old Jamie Patterson would have given the ball away and jogged back and pointed at someone to go and do his work. And today he did his work off the ball. Now, whether that's a five or a six, but I, I think there was a lot of stuff that Patu did today on the kind of dirty side of things. And I think that was important for us. Yeah. Yeah. Up front. Streetwise yeah, again. Up front. Wells. I'll say seven because he did get the goal. Didn't do much else really. And then Martin, you've got to give him an eight. Anybody agree seven and eight with the front two in that oh, order? Yeah, you could have you could, you could, yeah, said six for Wells, given, but seven is fair. I would yeah. I, I would have given Naki a six and Martin a seven. Yeah, yeah. I'd give Martin a seven. exemplary. 
Yeah, and Semenyo, he wasn't on long, but I've given him a seven for the assist, Fam a six and Brunt a six, but they're just uh, nominal. Now, we've talked in previous games about a standard of refereeing in these empty stadiums. Seems to be higher. There don't seem to be so many controversial moments when yellow cards are dished out. I think we had a one today. Did Pato get booked? But I'll come to you, uh, Dave. Your thoughts on the referee today and in general, it just you just don't notice them, do you? No, and, it, and to be fair, pre-game as well, when I found out it was Oliver Langford, he's in my bottom three of championship referees. He comes lower than Keith Stroud in my book. And because, <laughs> because I think he gets pressured by the opposition and the crowd, and whether mm. that's at home or away, and I just think he's a poor referee usually because he gets influenced and I don't think he can be influenced. He's not getting surrounded by players. You know, those those teams like, let's say, Preston will surround the referee. They don't surround the referee post-COVID and I think that makes a bit a big difference. So, yeah, he was uh, he was pretty anonymous today. So, Which uh, is a sign of a good, good referee. Yeah. Ian, you agree, Ian, you agree with that as well? Yeah? Yeah, I gave the, I gave the ref an eight today. I, I, I thought he was good. No handlers. Um, and no, you know, no, no real. There, there was no mistakes, and you know, he booked two players, and I thought, I thought both the bookings were justified. So, yeah, I'd go along with that. Yeah, and Mark, I guess you'd probably agree with that as well. One, well, I put another question to Mark though. Uh, Steve's just chipped in with a message here on the on the dashboard. He said, <laughs> "No crowds is helping our younger players too." I mean, there's no. A place like Stoke can be intimidating, yeah, but do you think it's helping the younger players, Mark, the absence of crowds in the stadium? Yeah, because they can hear their own players give them instructions. Um, so it goes back to the referees. The referees aren't, uh, the, the, the players aren't fired up to, to pressure referees and, 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 and vice versa and the crowds. So they can hear what's going on. And I think with, with experienced players like... Uh, like Chris Martin and, and um, Chris Brunt around, they can really be mentors to those players. And that's what has really been has impressed me uh, in the three appearances that Antoine's made. He looks a completely different player. He looks very confident. Sometimes he loses control of the ball a little bit, but he's confident enough to go forward. He didn't just put his foot on the ball and make a pass. He's looking to go forward. I think there was one one passage of play uh, the other night against Northampton where he did a great one too with... Uh, with uh, Chris Martin and followed it through between he was sandwiched between two defenders and still got his shot off but he was you know he, he, he was there in the 89th minute followed up uh, Vyman's press and did that one too and, and that was game over and that's what it was waiting for that coup de grace from City because you know if we'd have gone away without three points this season uh, this uh, today we would have been devastated totally injustice trust me yeah, absolutely no, injustice and it's the confidence the, com the young players they look so confident on the ball. And I think a lot of that could be down to the influence maybe of Keith Downing and Paul Simpson, of course, who, who, who did that, who've done that for, uh, for seasons for, with the England youth teams. That's got to made a huge difference, I think. Yeah. Dave, you might know the answer to this. Steve's chipped in. He said, is that Semenyo's third or fourth assist this season? Ian's answered it. Is it? Ian said, uh, oh, you have answered it, Dave. You said three. That's, uh, so there's all this interactivity going on here. All right, let's sort of move away. Let's move away from the on the uh, on the pitch action. I mean, we've all been, we much sooner, I probably would have gone up to Stoke for a game like uh, this one, but uh, we've been with uh, watching it on Robin's TV. And when we were having our little natter before we went live, I think we all agreed that it's a much better produced product this season. But Rene Gilmartin, who is the, is he the fourth choice goalkeeper? What an excellent pundit. And I'll come to you first, Dave, on that because you're the thinking man's uh, statistician on here. Rene Gilmartin, <laughs> you know, he, he knew his stuff, didn't he? You know, and uh, I, was, I, was, I was impressed and they should have him up there every week. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, he's obviously looking over Toby's shoulder at the notes I prepared for Toby before the game. So, <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, no, he, he'd obviously done his background. It, it shows as a club that they must have done some focus work this week on the watching Stoke against Wolves because there was quite a few references to that and also uh, against Millwall as well. So it just seems like they, they, they've got everything kind of working nicely at the club. And I, and I think, you know, he, he came across really well. You know, I've, I've, I've met him at, at Charlton Farm. He's a real... You know, typical likable Irishman and uh, 
it came across really well today. And as I say, I think the whole broadcast seems to be a lot slicker this season. Maybe not trying to pad it out too much, only go with half an hour pre-game, but also added some stuff post-game as well, I think has, uh, has improved it. Yeah. Ian, would you uh, endorse that view? Good production. I think you said you're very impressed compared to six months ago, even. It's better produced show. Yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, the summariser, Tinian did it the other night, and I thought he was good because he had an in-depth knowledge of a lot of the younger players, like Tyreek, who I think we got from um, Luton for 500,000 as, a, as a, a younger man. But I thought he was good. Yeah, I go along with Gil Martin, and, and we managed to get through the broadcast without a uh, kind of like, sort of, you know, kind of, sort of, listen, and, and all those uh, what I call uh, modern speak. Uh, so I, I think that that was really good. He was articulate, and I prefer listening to somebody this articulate. And he's obviously knowledgeable because he's he's been around football. He's been around international football, so he's obviously... Uh, well regarded as, as as a coach, which I think he is now. I think we've got we've got three goalkeepers. Uh, we've got Bentley, we've got Max O'Leary, um, and we've got Jojo. Yeah, and and I think you probably need to hang on to three unless we did a short term deal with uh, Nicky Minepart when he eventually gets fit. Because I understand he's still down there getting treatment for the injury he got up at Forest last year. No, that's uh, that's interesting, Mark. Um, looking at the uh, Robins TV coverage, or looking at the action, there was one point in the game where uh, I think it was the drinks break when somebody was being uh, treated for an injury. A couple of people asked on OTIB, who was a guy, the tall, dark haired guy, who was giving as many instructions as Dean and the two coaches, and it was actually um, Pat Mountain, the goalkeeping coach. It, it seems as though things in a very short period of time have got a collectiveness about them and a greater organisation than we've seen, I'll say, for the last two and a half years. In the, you know, would you agree with that? And Pat Mountain, another influential figure behind the scenes as the goalkeeping coach. Yeah, you and you only seem as good as your, your backroom team, uh, as I'm sure uh, my erstwhile colleagues would agree. And, and everybody's getting involved, man. It's got such a good feel about it, hasn't it? You know, yeah. the players are confident. They've got, uh, you know, two England youth uh, uh, coach managers, uh, you know, who are re really helping Dean. But everybody is pitching in. So it's a real it's a real team effort. But there's just so much good feeling around the club now. Uh, you know, four games, four wins. Um, and the, the players can only take so much, uh, you know, so much forward. And we're only we're playing a scrap side at the moment, really. We've got yeah. five or six players still missing. And we're a work in progress, but it's, it's not a bad work, is it? Go back to Rennie Gilmars. Go back to Rennie Gilmars, and he, he does sound like a Saturday, a Saturday evening music program, doesn't he? Like Van der Gunnikan, a name like that. Rennie yeah. Gilmars and the Gilmarsonettes, or something. It's, it's a cracking it, name, isn't it? It's not a bad one. It's not. Well, Pat Mountain's quite a good name as well, actually. That's okay. right. Yeah. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like sounds like yeah. Sounds like a. Uh, Sounds like Red Mountain uh, coffee, doesn't it? A bit Sorry like about that. that, but no advertising or anything like that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, now Dave has been giving the intelligent. I keep saying all this. Your intelligent input and and uh, intelligent input to Bristol Live and also on OTIB with what can we expect? And coming up next to Ashton Gate on Thursday, I think it's a seven o'clock uh, kickoff. Is the Villa? The Villa, Dave? <laughs> do you think Villa? Do you think Villa will be taking this game seriously? They've got lots of new strikers, lots of new players they've been buying. I saw they didn't play last week. They're playing Sheffield United tomorrow. They drew 1-1 against Man U in a friendly last week, I saw on their website. But will they play the likes of Jack Grealish and Ollie Watkins? And I think they've signed about three or four more in the last five days. But what can we expect from Villa next Thursday, Dave? Yeah, I think they'll mix it up. I think that, that key... Bit of info you've given is the fact they're playing Sheffield United tomorrow night, um, so they've got a day less preparation than, than us, and I think that will mean they'll they'll mix some players up and try and get some minutes into into certain players. I think they'll still go fairly strong. You know, their their squad is is strong just by nature of, of who they got in it. Um, but if they're not up for it, then let's see what happens. Uh, you know, if, I, I think we'll make changes as well. Um, but I think you know we we're making change within a, within a, a core structure as well. Um, you know, there's there's people today that didn't play who, 
you know, could have quite easily been picked today. You know, we've got Lyerson to come back, mm. got Brunt to come in and get some more minutes, Sessignon to, to come in and get some more as well. So so I think we'll be strong. I think it ought to be a good game. It should be a good game. Ian, I think you put up on uh, Twitter your predicted side for the Villa match, which didn't show that many changes, actually. But um, what, what are your thoughts on the Villa game and our chances of, uh, of rolling them over, which we did to Premier League teams think- three years ago? I think there was at least seven changes, Dave. Um, All right, tell me what your predicted side is then for... Uh, well, Max, o- Max O'Leary in goal, so that's one change. Yeah, You've pretty much got to stick with the back three unless um, Brunt or you, you play Rowe at left centre-back because you're going to play Eliasson and Sessignon as your wing-back, so those are the other changes. I start with um, Jiju and Wells up front, uh, and I'd put Martin and um, Semenyo on the bench because I, I would be thinking about starting those two against Wednesday because I think they're potentially the, the the best partnership that we've got. They seem to work really well together. You know, they're, mm. they're sort of, um, and then in, in midfield, if Joe Morell's fit, um, I'd, I'd bring Morell in and play him next to Adam Nash and play uh, Casey Palmer in the 10. So that would be uh, your three, Morell if fit. Naj and Palmer, yeah, as yeah. a midfield. And if Mar- if Morel's not fit, uh, I play Masengo in there because you know you can only play the fit players you've got. And the three I just started the season with um, at the moment, you've still got Williams and Walsh, who are still likely to be out for a couple of weeks, along with uh, Baker till Christmas, and then you've got Callas probably out for I less hope three weeks only, three weeks to a month. Mm. Um, got so, the international break camp we in as well, which might work in our favour there. With, with yeah, actually, that, that would help. But yeah, what what would drive me absolutely mental would be <laughs> if Callas and Morel didn't play for us, then rose like Lazarus from their deathbed and turned out for Hungary and Wales. I I think I'd probably drive up there and um, you know, take all the fuel out their cars so they couldn't travel. I, I think that would really be a step in the wrong direction. But um, no, I mean, I think that you're right. It, it could, for once, it could it could really suit us if it gives us another couple of weeks to get everybody fit and firing. Then you've got the other problem: is right, okay, I've got I've got ten blokes that can play in midfield. Which three or two do I pick? Because if you're still playing Wyman in midfield. Um, that only means you can only put another two midfield players in there, assuming that, that Pato doesn't start. So it's a nice problem to have. I mean, it's some good players to uh, have in there, but but people can get players can get fed up, and uh, then they start thinking, well, perhaps I'm not going to sign a new contract because I'm not getting game time. Mm, no, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, changing the subject uh, for, for you. Uh, Mark, with a question. I mean, we already know that if we win, we'll be at home against Stoke or Gillingham, depending on the result of their game. This seems to be the habit this season with the Caribou Cup is doing everything in advance. Do you think that gives either side an incentive to go through to the fourth round if they didn't need one anyway? Because a win for either side, a home game, you'd fancy your chances of getting through to the quarterfinals then. But what are your thoughts on the... Yeah. On that, yeah, I mean, I mean, and without without crowds, it, it doesn't make a lot of difference. I think if it favours the home the home side when you're playing teams at, at, at your level, especially. But uh, I think it'll be a really entertaining game on Thursday. And, and like Ian said, I, I play that side. And if you're playing uh, Casey as a number ten, it's effectively three four three. Then when we're in attack, and um, if you can play with the confidence that he did the other night against a better opposition, you know, we we, we we're in for a real treat. But yeah. Uh, you know, a good run in the Carabao Cup, you know, w- w- would be nice. But I think uh, the league is the important thing. But let's just, let's, you know, we we if just keep winning games, just take one get match, you know, one match at a time. I think we could, we've got a chance of winning Thursday. We certainly got a chance of uh, beating Wednesday. Uh, next well, that's Sunday, it. I'd say coming on to the let's come on to the next. Yeah, yeah. It's another. It's another. Uh, and I think we'll be doing Wednesday or th- what well, Thursday, Sunday. And if we did beat Villa, it'll probably be 
again Thursday, Sunday, again, uh, or what have you, before the international break. But uh, Ian, the next two games uh, in the league, home to Wednesday, away at Forest, they looked abject against Cardiff on Friday night. We said 13 points from uh, the first 10 games from, for Dean would be acceptable. He's got six from two. How do you see those two games against Wednesday and Forest? You know, they're based on our current form and those sides, they're you'd be disappointed if you didn't get at least four points, wouldn't you, from those two? Well, you, I think you said 13 points, Dave. I think I said 18. Um, <laughs> and and I'll, I'll stick to that because if, if you're going to be a playoff team, you need to be picking up about 1.8 points a game. And that's where I'd like to see us. So if we're saying, well, we're pleased that Dean got the job and you know it could well prove an awful lot of us, me included, wrong, then fantastic. Um, but let's see it after 10 games and then at Christmas. Um, yeah. Because after 10 games, if we had 18 points, then you start believing. And more importantly, the players start believing. Mm-hmm. And anybody that comes into the side is coming into a side with a structure. And they're not saying, OK, well, I'm bringing in four different players and this week we're going to play 4-3-3. Because for me, that just doesn't work. Uh, Sheffield United have showed exactly... And just because I, I said that, they'll lose 5-0 tomorrow night. But if you look at them last season and then they got promoted, he didn't go out and sign 15 new players and then say, well, I'm playing in the Premier League now. I've got to, I've got to play 4-5-1 or whatever. They stuck to the 3-5-2. Uh, bearing in mind that the season they got promoted, we actually did the double over them. But they stuck to their beliefs. They stuck to their players. And they, they really did look the part. Uh, and they surprised everybody, once again, me included, in um, in the Premier League last season. And I think we can do a similar thing. Not identical, but we've got that shape. It works for us. We've got a strong squad. OK, at the moment, the, um, the back three has got decimated by two injuries to 12.5 million quid worth of talent. Um, and, and we need to... We need to progress, and we but we don't. We you know, there's no no point in switching systems and doing all this. We just got to keep the players fresh, and with the players that we've got in midfield and in attack, there's no need for anybody to get worn out. No, no, that's good. Well, we have got probably the strongest squad that we've had ever. Yeah, in 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 uh, in the modern game, should we say, or the modern era for Bristol City, Dave? I mean, are we? They are exceeding our expectations. You know, the goal scoring is there. I know it's only two games, but it, that gives you a good feeling when you see the league table. We're sat there in second slot, two wins out of two. Should we feel optimistic? We've been feeling this positive vibe for a few weeks now. But, um, you know, international break coming up. It's bit, we'll only have played four league games by then. But even then, it's a bit too early to take 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 too much uh, Excitement into our uh, into our minds. Yeah, I, I I probably said on one of the preseason pods. I, I thought the way the fixtures worked out with the cup games sandwiched in the league league games that it'd be really good to get to the international break having not played too many league games because then you can take a bit of stock and I, I think that still stands. Um, I think we're still going to be until we've played eight or ten league games, we'll know exactly where we are. The signs are, are encouraging. We're playing the way Dean Holden wants us to play. We're not worrying about the opposition so, so much, and I, I think that, that that bodes well. I think Wednesday will be quite a tough game um, next next Sunday. Um, they've made a, a few decent signings. Um, people like Dunkley from, from Wigan's come in. They've got Izzy Brown, the perennial loan uh, signing. He's at, he's at Wednesday this year. Josh Windass, dare I mention that, that mm. surname on this podcast. Yeah. And, and they've got Kachunga, former Huddersfield. Uh, Huddersfield yeah. yeah. So they, they've recruited quite well. And, you know, under, under Monk, they're going to be a, a fairly solid side. They've got four points from two games, but obviously sat there with minus 12, meaning they're, they're still rooted to the bottom on, on minus eight, eight points at the moment. And what you really want to do is to kind of shove that down their throats and, and, and make it difficult for them. Um, they've also got a game in the cup this week as well. So it'd be interesting to see what they do from a rotation point of view. Um, but yeah, I think we just keep taking every game as it, as it comes and, uh, and see where it goes. 
No, that's good. Well, look, guys, we got the Villa game coming up. Um, I, I guess if we win, we might be tempted to do uh, uh, a post-match one there. But uh, uh, on today's today's performance, I mean, happy bunny, I'm sure you are, yeah? Totally. Mark? Yeah. Oh, ecstatic. Yeah, after today, six points after two games. Yeah, and Ian, do you um, feel the you same know, you as can, well? You can ask for any more than that. Yeah, some people. But, I did have somebody put on OTIB. Mike that Ian's. Uh, what was it? Mute that Ian's mic. And I said, well, you don't like the sound of his voice, or you don't like what he says. But you're coming across as really uh, positive, which uh, I guess you're a bit like me because we're battle-hardened, fifty years plus fans. We're we're, <laughs> we're never expecting good things, but you, even you, Ian, you. Sorry, Dave, I can't hear a word you're uh, saying. Yeah, I said, Ian, yeah, he's going a little bit. just lost it. I said, Ian, you're feeling a little bit uncharacteristically chirpy about our prospects at the moment. <laughs> well, it, it, it's not about being uncharacteristically chirpy. It's about talking about what you see, right? Yeah. So if I see something is good, I'll tell you it's good. And that's why I've had the success I've had in business is because I, if something's terrible – I won't say, oh, yeah, it's great, just, just to keep my job or um, be, be, be Joe popular. Um, I, and I, what I also do is I will analyse what's wrong. I won't just say, you're as rubbish. All right? So what I'll, I'll say is it's only two games, and we've, we've done very well, um, particularly the game against Northampton. And people say, oh, yeah, but hang on, they're a League One side. But... but Exeter were a League Two side, and we didn't look great against them. Um, yeah. But we looked really good against Northampton today. We look, uh, we look, we had the right shape. We look full of purpose. Uh, I like what we've done in in the transfer market, particularly as we haven't really spent anything compared to previous years. Because obviously, what we got for Schmodix pretty much aligns with what we paid out for Joe Williams, who hasn't even played yet. So, you know, it, it, there are, if you want to coin a phrase, there are reasons to be cheerful rather than just hopelessly optimistic for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how I, how I see it. But like I said, let's have a look in 10 games time when we've played sides there. I mean, we don't know if, if um, Stoke and Coventry will be bo bottom of the table by no. Christmas. We don't know that. And, so, but I think I've liked what I've seen so far. I like the fact that we're bringing in young players that have developed through the um, uh, through the youth loan system, which I've always felt was a good idea, providing it ends with something. We can't just loan players out, loan them out, loan them out, loan them out, and then you know they they move for fifty k. Although there will obviously be some players like that. You've got to loan them out with um, they've the loan system that we use has got to be a means to an end. And yeah. I think you can see with Semenyo and Bakinson, um, Bakinson, that they look like it's worked. You know, yeah. the plans the plans work. So so well done to Brian Tinian, Mark Ashton, um, Lee Johnson, even whoever was involved in it. I, I think it really is a good uh, a good thing to do. And there are times when you think, well. Are we trying to be, if you will, the poor man's Chelsea uh, and have loads and loads of players out on loan? But when you see, and Joe Morell's another one that we haven't mentioned and we haven't really, we haven't seen anything of him this season. He's played more for Wales than for us. And, and I think we'll be able to see when Joe comes in what an improved player and what an important player he's going to be. So, yeah, really happy with Good that. Thing. Good things. Dave, yeah. finally, finally from uh, you. Um, yeah, the youngsters coming in has been a bonus. We've talked talked about Semenyo. He looks a different player this season. Backinson looks like he's played three or four years at this level. Um, the the plan that people have derided, set by the board of bringing people on, it does appear to be working, or it's heading very much in the right direction this season, which it certainly run off the tracks in the last two years of Johnson, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I think what we've seen from Dean Holden and is that he's actually willing to, to play them. Um, 
and he's kept them around. He's been sensible about not letting them go out on loan too quickly. I'm sure Plymouth would have loved to have taken Tyreek back in some back this season, but he's sat down with him. He's had a chat with him and he's said, you know, go and show me what you can do. And he has, and, he, and he's, and he's, you know, he's now played games in, in, in the first team. Whether he still goes out at the end of the window, who, who knows? But he's certainly done himself some some favours. And I, I, I guess on that as well, what um, what Dean's done is he's earned himself some brownie points as well, you know, with the, the hierarchy at the club. Because I think from a fan's point of view, we love to see the youngsters play and it gives us a bit of a buzz. But I think uh, Mark Ashton and certainly Steve Lansdowne and John Lansdowne will love the fact that we're playing some youngsters in the team. You know, we can slightly forget at this point that, that Backinson came from from Luton, but he's you know he's he's come through the the, the under twenty three route, the loan route for for our club, and and I kind of consider him to be a you know a pseudo you know academy player. It's good to see Taylor Moore coming in and and Zach Viner as well who. You know, I don't think most of us thought he... He's actually the only player who's played all 360 minutes so far in, in yeah. our squad. And he's he's looked at home. I'm not saying he's perfect yet. He's got some things to work on. But he doesn't look phased by it. And I can only think that the you know the coaching staff are... are no, he doesn't. He doesn't look out of place. Confidence. That's the key thing. They don't look, and, out, of, they don't look yeah. out of place. They don't look out of place. No, just, just fight, finally. So, you know, Ian said, you know, reasons to be cheerful. Um, I guess if, you know... We, we refer that back to who wrote the song. Does that make you, Ian, Ian Jury, and, and the three of us the blockheads? I don't know. That I do. That I do. That works, that works for me. <laughs> Ian Jury and the blockheads. He's going to hit us with his ribbon stick next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you are. Sure, my age. All right. Anyway, we've had, no, we've had no intruders from... Uh, we've had no intruders on the show. Fortune <laughs> to be podcast admin people and talking about uh, one-armed Austrians and stuff like that. But uh, guys, for Sunday afternoon, it's been a pleasure. I hope all those, uh, Steve amongst them with his contributions on there on the, the message service, but all of you who've been in uh, the studio listening uh, have enjoyed it. I'll get this uploaded uh, later on uh, this evening. And guys, have a good rest of Sunday and uh, we'll be back uh, very, very soon with hopefully uh, news of more Bristol City success. All the best, lads. Thanks very much. Cheers. Take care, lads. Thank you, Dave. Cheers. Good luck. Bye. Bye-bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.